Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. We had a big old over-the-top video to start Raw this week. It was all like... There is nothing greater than winning a WWE Championship in WWE. If you're able to do this, you're the best. You're wonderful. You have a lovely face, and everybody will call you great for the rest of time. Also, hello! My name is Simon Miller from What Culture Wrestling. Thank you for joining me for Ups and Downs, the show where I take my finger and I just wiggle it around. You may think that sounds pathetic. Well, it is pathetic. You know what else is pathetic? Me. I don't know what I'm talking about, given we did have a roar that came just off Backlash, though. I thought we'd give the good bits an up and the bad bits a down. Let's go. And what better way to celebrate such a grandiose occasion by having Cody Rhodes come out and taking a microphone and saying, Ha-ha, what do you guys want to talk about? He also had a nice line because we were in Jacksonville this evening. So he was like, oh, I remember when I was here during the pandemic. Thank you very much. Which was an AEW reference when he started to talk about Brockus Lesnar. He was pleased that he was able to defeat the Beast at the pay-per-view premium live event because now he can leave this all in his rearview mirror. And look, no matter how much you want to argue it, we still saw Cody Rhodes pin Brock Lesnar clean in the middle of the ring. And look, not a lot of people get to do that. I think it helped. Rhodes then got super pumped up about the brand new World Heavyweight Championship because of course he is in the tournament. I was like, (laughs) I can see what's going to happen here. But much like a horror movie, sometimes that's okay. But all of a sudden, Seth Rollins' music hit. He interrupted. They were like, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. But this is what they did. Cody looked at Seth. Seth looked at Cody and went, ha, 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 And that was it. They both just left. I was like, ah, I don't know what's going on. It was a nice moment, though. And of course, they will meet again in the future. And you know the deal with the American Nightmare. You give him a microphone. He will make things feel like a big deal. If I ever get married, I want him doing the emceeing. It will be the greatest wedding ever. Up. Anywho, we then did get some backlash highlights, which spent the entire time, it's a good five minutes, Seth Rollins must have been stood in the ring just going, ha 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 ha, it's really weird. We also were backstage with Damien Priest and Kathy Kelly said, hey, let's talk about what happened with Bad Bunny. And Damien was like, oh, you want to talk about that, do you? It's like, yes, Priest. What else would she want to know about? The thing is, he answered this wonderfully because he was like, all right, I did lose, but it took about 10 people to beat me, which is true. But the way he held himself here and the performance he had at Backlash, I tell you, he's another guy. We've got to put him in the 2023 canon and push him to the moon. He also promised that he was going to win this tournament. <laughs> then he limped off quite literally because his leg is still all flubbed up after his fight with the Naughty Rabbit. This didn't mean we had our first tournament match and what a doozy this was. Seth Rollins versus Damian Priest versus Shinsuke Nakamura. I've had worse dreams. Now the cool thing about this is we've already mentioned that Damian Priest is on the cuffs of something big. Seth Rollins is just one of the best of all time. And it kind of feels like we may be about to do something with Shinsuke Nakamura again. I know, let's keep quiet about it. 
we should. Of course, Seth took out everyone with a big old dive to kick things off, and then Shinsuke was using his knee because he likes doing that. When Damien figured, well, I'm quite a big guy, he just started smacking people in the face. WWE also knew what fans would want, so we did get a little bit when it was just Seth taking on Shinsuke, and man, hopefully one day we get that properly. When Priest was back in there, he was just murking fools. <laughs> I love it. Problem was, he couldn't do much because of his damn limbs. And even though Seth Rollins able to hit the curb stomp, that got broken up. When Nakamura looked over at Damien Priest and was like, oh yeah, you've got a bad leg, so I'm going to lock in a leg lock. Smart. The thing is, though, Rollins then spied this from afar. He flew in with this amazing frog splash where he changed direction in midair. He hit the pedigree on Nakamura and he got the one, two, three. And all of these guys get a round of applause. It also means that Seth Rollins now heads on to the finals. Once again, he should win the thing. Up. And of course, I have to take my heart and now send it out to you because honestly, Jacksonville, you brought so many damn signs about the ups and downs show to Monday Night Raw. So I just want to tell you I appreciate you. Also, there's a sign counter. I have no idea what the number is, but put it up by one. But most importantly, not only did you ask for an up, so there's an up, but somebody had a justice for Barry Barricade sign, which ties in very nicely because I've just started selling Justice for Barry t-shirts pro wrestling tees. That's right. It's totally out of control, but my friends, you'll always have a special place in here. Lizzie Kaiser and Giovanni Vinci were then just walking backstage going, Gunther is coming. Gunther was here next week. I was like, imagine you did this anywhere else. Right, everybody listen to me. I just wanted to let you know my girlfriend will be here next week. That's right, I definitely have a girlfriend. You may be going, there's no way he can have a girlfriend, but I do. Her name is Anne, and no, I didn't make her up. Basically, they bumped into Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, who told them to go away. And after Imperium told them, "Uh, excuse me, we're Imperium, Sami had the best line. He was like, yeah. But you'll still be Imperium in five minutes, so just back off a bit. Owens was excellent too, because him and Sam tried to carry on their conversation. He was like, look, they're right there. They're staring at us. I can't take this seriously at all. And of course, the long and the short of it is that they are going to have a match later. So we'll talk about it later. When all of a sudden, it was free agent Mustafa Ali taking on Otis. I'm just going to stand it. If anyone can tell me why Mustafa Ali is a free agent, I'd really appreciate it. And that question goes out to Vince McMahon too. I don't think he'd be able to answer it. The big story is, is that Otis wanted to do the Caterpillar at one point, And while Chad Gable was like, yes, Otis, do this animal move. Maxine Dupree was like, no, Otis, you're a model and you shouldn't do it. That basically distracted the big man, though, when all of a sudden Ali hit the 450 and he got the win. But that is three on the bounce. So we are in the Phantom Zone. Here's the thing, though. Given that Mustafa Ali did get a victory and the fact we have this Otis slash Otis stuff, well, it really tickles me. You know my deal. I enjoy goofy wrestling. Goofy wrestling for life. So even though this only went about three minutes, I accessed my feelings and I was like, oh, I enjoyed that. It was entertaining. Not everything has to be five-star mega classic. The Miz then told us that he would win the World Heavyweight Championship Tournament. And I was like, I don't believe you. I think you're lying. Although this was very well timed because it went straight into the Miz versus Cody Rhodes versus Finn Balor for our second round of the tournament. This was really good too. Rhodes was literally flying onto everyone to begin with too. And I was like, wait a minute. This is exactly how we started the first match. But it still doesn't matter because Cody is still so damn over with the fans. He's on fire. Balor wasn't having any fun with that, so he blocked the crossroads, but still got hit with a disaster kick. And the American Nightmare was so leveled up here, that's like, something's gonna happen. I can smell it in the air. This continued when he was able to avoid the Coupe de Gras when all of a sudden the Miz hit the skull crushing finale, and that got broken up in the last second. It's like, oh man, 
That was really good. When it got even better because Cody was able to hit the crossroads when WWE teased that they were going to do their favourite ending for a triple threat because The Miz pushed Rhodes out the ring and he was going to make the pin. But thankfully, and this has to happen more, Cody just got back in and stopped it. And I was like, yes, it's not like he got shot. Cody then made sure he took even more HP and MP because he had one crossroads, two crossroads, 79 crossroads. And he had this one. And just as the referee was about to go one, two, three... Who appeared from nowhere? Brock Lesnar, and he pulled him out of the ring. I was quite sad about this. I wanted to hear Brock Lesnar's music. You know how it goes. <laughs> Brock then instantly F5 Cody into the floor. And this shocked commentator Kevin Patrick so much, he basically went, oh. So he was absolutely terrified. And I can't lie, I reacted to this like Rhodes was about to be killed. So it must have worked. While it was going on too, Finn Balor was like, well, I know what I'm going to do. He hit the Coupe de Gras. He got the one, two, three, which means our main event later was going to be Seth Rollins versus Finn Balor. That's never going to be bad. The murdering absolutely continued, though, because Brock then F5 Cody through Alan the announce table as he caught a microphone and started to shout, what do you want to talk about, Cody? And I was absolutely in tears. Don't get me wrong. This was a really serious and really good angle. But it kind of sounded like Lesnar was mad because Cody wasn't giving him any conversation topics. He also wanted a rematch at Night of Champions to prove his worth. But he did it like this. I'm going to kill you, Cody. I'm going to kill you. Seriously, he was that close to the camera. If anybody else had done this, he'd be like, this is absolutely ridiculous. But Brock came across like an actual psychopath here. I even moved away from my TV. I was like, oh no. What if he comes out like the ring and he goes after me? Lesnar also made sure to look at the belt when he was leaving. And this is what I would do. I would somehow get that championship on him. We do the stuff at Night of Champions. Brock Lesnar wins that one. And then we get to SummerSlam. And not only does Cody win the third match between them, but he becomes the champion too. All of that would be fine. And this was a good damn angle. And bravo WWE, because they kept replaying it, replaying it, replaying it. So it did come across like a big deal. I'm enjoying this feud. It has a lot of layers and pump. So that means. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. And all of a sudden from nowhere, Dana Brooke was like, hey, I've got potential. 
Watch me fly. Now, I am having a little bit of fun with that because we were already told it was going to be Rhea Ripley versus Dana Brooke. But if you had turned on at the wrong time and you'd never watched wrestling before, who is this person? But yeah, it was Rhea Ripley versus Dana Brooke. And I don't know what you had it as. I had it about 67 seconds. She hit the riptide. Then she locked in that crazy submission she does. Dana tapped out. I was like, well, you gave it a good try, but man, you failed. Rhea Ripley and Dominic were then going to beat up Dana Brooke some more. And Natalia came to the ring. Now, look, this is absolutely fine. Do Natty versus Rhea Ripley. Have Rhea whoop her ass too. But here, Natalia's big plan was, well, I'm going to walk really slow to the ring. And then I'm going to look at you. I'm like, that's all you have. Come on. Here's the deal, though. 2023, as we've already mentioned, should be the year of Rhea Ripley. So more murder, more destruction. Keep finding people on the roster and just feed her. Feed the nightmare until there's nobody else for her to run through. And then give her the other women's championship. Give her the Intercontinental Championship, the World Championship. I don't care. She is on a tear right now. So I was good with all of this. Sometimes a squash is exactly what you should do. Up. Then a quick reminder about all the NXT call-ups, which is very smart because some of them are going to be new to a brand new audience. When we were interviewing Zoe Stark. She was super confident 9000 here and said that she's going to run wild when she saw Nikki Cross watching her from afar. So went up to her and said, hey, I think you're weird. So that wasn't nice at all. And I'll have more on that later when we do get to the fight because before then it was Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn taking on Imperium. This was good. It also made what happened on SmackDown even odder because you will remember that Giovanni Vinci and Ludwig Kaiser got beaten by the Street Profits in two and a half minutes. Whereas here, they got a good chunk of 10 and of course they were able to do good things because they're really good wrestlers. And we don't need to get into it too much because it was your traditional tag team match. Sami Zayn got a hot tag at one point. He ran wild and Kevin Owens in there busting out stunners and the finish was so damn good because Kev kind of ran at Giovanni Vinci. Vinci didn't realize that Zayn had tagged in. He hit the halluva kick. One, two, three. These tag team championships are rocking and rolling. Giving it enough. But because I am a massive nerd, the whole time my brain was going, hey, Simon, remember how, like, if it hadn't lost in two minutes on Friday, this would have been even better? I was like, you're right, brain. Why do you have to get involved right now? So I do have to give it a down. I mean, why did we do that? Imperium are really good. Treat them with respect. I tell you too, this Sonya Deville Chase and Green pairing, I like them a lot. Because they were going around backstage trying to get signatures to sign a petition. And even though they weren't explaining what it was, they went up to Zylee and she just signed it. And I was like, listen, Zy, if I was you, I would do it as well. Because WWE ain't letting you do nothing. Maybe this is an opportunity. It kind of sounded like they wanted a better backstage environment when they did bump into Johnny Gargano in the Hartwell and Candice DeRay. So I was excited because, of course, they're back together again. This is what it turned out. Actually, they were petitioning for a tag team title match. And when they asked these three, would you like to sign? They were like, no. No, we won't. Nick Loomis also walked into the shot and gave it a big thumbs down, which they all agree with. And I swear Johnny Gargano teased that Ciampa could be back soon. Just some of the things he said... This made me feel warm and fuzzy in my tum-tum. This is just the smart thing to do. Have them all together again. Just repeat what you did on NXT. That will be fine. And honestly, the added goofiness of DeVille and Green, I'm giving it up. And then Zoe Stark defeating Nikki Cross. And it always had to happen. It was super short as well, although it actually was pretty good for the time they did have. And it ended when Zoe hit the Z360 or whatever she calls it. And she got the one, two, three. Now I am going to give it an up because why call somebody up and have them lose? But what is going on with Nikki Cross? One, we never got a story explaining why she went crazy-wazy again. And two, why doesn't she care about Candice DeRay anymore? That's right, WWE. I don't forget. Look at me. I'm a massive geek. When you do things like this, you're getting it down. Byron Saxton was then chatting to Rhea Ripley and Dominic Mysterio. 
and actually asked Rhea, do you feel like you're under pressure? I was like, who do you think she is? David Bowie. Of course she isn't. And in fact, she wants more of this. I've already talked about it. 2023, the year of the nightmare. The condom then heard Xavier Woods and Tazawa laughing and he was furious about this. Honestly, man, Xavier Woods is the best. He was like, who are you walking into my frame? Your clothes look like you found them in Lost and Found. And it's just the way he delivers his lines. Bobby Boy was super upset about that. And as soon as Rhea walked into the frame, Tazawa was like, no, man, I'm out. And he walked off. So bless that man. And basically said to Woods, well, why don't you take Dom Dom on in a match. I was like, Dom Dom. Sorry, Rhea, but I am absolutely stealing that. When Trish Stratus was here, still not very happy. She also focused on Kevin Patrick to begin with, because of course he's Irish, as is Becky Lynch. And look, here we are with another week gone. Where is Becky? Nowhere to be seen, because she's a piece of trash. Trish figured that she must be at home hanging out with her dumb daughter. That made me laugh, because I was like, why are you insulting a child? What's a child ever done to you when we did that fake out that WWE is actually quite reserved on, so it always works? All of a sudden, Becky Lynch's music hit, and Trish was like, no, no, I didn't mean it, when she started to laugh, because I assumed that she'd paid off the audio guy. WWE, you're going to have to fire it. Naturally, after Stratus had ranting again, the music started to play for a second time. She was like, no, we've already done it. Well, I kid you not, Becky must have teleported in from the Starship Enterprise. She was just behind Trish. This really made me laugh. It's like a horror movie again. Where'd she come from? It was really good, though, because she smacked Trish Stratus in the face. All the fans went crazy. Let's face it, they were quite quiet on this evening. And this is just a good wrestling feud. Trish Stratus is a great heel. Becky Lynch is a great baby face. I want to see them fight. It's nice the man is back on television. What else can we do? We then actually had a really important clip, because backstage, Cody Rhodes was in the trainer's room. And everyone was like, oh, Cody, are you okay? But he was accompanied by Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. As we talked about a few weeks ago, I was like... What happened to that friendship? Thankfully, they're still pals. Which is when it was time for Xavier Woods and Dominic Mysterio. And look, I'm just going to be honest with you. I'm massively biased towards this. they two of my favorites. And we all know that Woods is severely underrated. But this Dom Dom man, I tell you, not only has he totally understood his character and he's like crazy heat magnet, but he gets better in the ring every single week. Soon, he will be ready for some kind of championship, and I will back it. He also threw Xavier into Simba the Steel Steps, which looked particularly gruesome, when, unlike at Backlash, he was able to hit the three amigos, because, you know, he's an asshole. Which they remembered his Street Fighter training as he came back with the big clothes on in the DDT. But just as soon as he had Dominic Mysterio beaten and he went for his big springboard elbow, Ripley, who was outside, just dragged Dominic out the ring. And then in what must be the biggest insult of the year... Dom Dom hit the most devastating move in all of sports entertainment, the surprise roll-up, and held the tights for the 1-2-3. You do not do that to Xavier Woods. The way Dominic could re-celebrate as well was so damn good. And again, who had this on their bingo card? They are so good together, we should never break them up. They should be like cheese and cheese. They should be together forever. That's right. I just said cheese and cheese. I don't know what's going on. This was good stuff, though. When WWE took a massive risk. So we had a video where Jinder Mahal was all like, oh my gosh, in this sheer are coming to Raw. And you know who's in this tag team? <laughs> That's right, it's Veer. So let's document Veer on the main roster. He was coming to Raw. He came to Raw. He then left Raw, he went to NXT, and now he's coming to Raw again. And look, man, that's a lot of coming. He must be exhausted. So we shall have to see what does happen with that. And this is when The Miz and Shinsuke Nakamura were talking. This must be the worst attempt at a plan ever. Because Miz was like, look, we should just team up and then maybe we'll be okay. And it ended up with them having a match 
next week. So I was like, Miz, you totally flubbed it. We also had quite a nice segment backstage too because Raquel Rodriguez and Liv Morgan found Chelsea Green and Sonya Deville was like, you don't need a petition. This is WWE. All you ever have to do is go up to some champions and go geese title shot and we'll give you a title shot. I mean, they didn't say that, but that was the point. Liv was good here too because she just signed the position. She just went all over it. When everybody started to laugh, because Raquel and Morgan were like, oh, we're going to beat Damage Control and SmackDown. Whereas Chelsea and Sonya were like, <laughs> no, you weren't. We just want a title match. It's probably not going to be against you. You sack. But I tell you, there was something to this because both tag teams actually felt like tag teams. To be honest, I was just happy that the women's tag team titles have some sort of direction because often they disappear quicker than my hair. But this is a turn out for the books. It was just well worked and simple. I'm giving it up. And then Cody Rhodes brought the emotion because he was being interviewed and essentially on the verge of tears here because his opportunity in the world title tournament had just been stolen from him and really it was his to win it's also the second time that brock lesnar has jumped in from behind for no reason as far as the american nightmare is concerned it's probably because brockus realizes he's losing his grip on the main event scene now look that's a really nice story beat kind of feel like it needs to be Brock telling us. Rhodes is now the man though and to prove that he has to make sure he takes on big challenges so he accepted Lesnar's fight for a big old fight at Night of Champions and I look forward to that. Again, we are just putting all the pieces in place here for something big. I can feel it. Search your feelings. You will feel it too. Also man, Cody. He's just, just great. I'm, I'm trying to think of an intelligent word. He's just great. Which is when the greatness continued too because our main event was Seth Rollins versus Finn Balor basically to see who was going to become the number one contender. Doesn't matter what universe you visit, this always is going to be good. It also ruined me because one of the things we did early on is that Finn Balor took Seth Rollins and he powerbombed him into Barry Barricade. Now, as we've already talked about, just this for Barry. But the problem here is that this was a riff off their 2016 match when they were battling for the Universal title. So it's a story thing, and I'm sure if we talked to Baz, he would probably be like, oh man, I'm just so happy to be involved. It's so nice to be connected. But I don't know what to do. I mean, bring down the counter. It rolls up to 14, maybe 13. There's been a lot. It'll, it'll be up there. You'll be able to figure it out. But as always, JFB. Because Balor did it to Seth too, all of a sudden Rollins had a gammy arm. So Balor was like, well, that's just what I'm going to do for the rest of the match now. I'm going to try and break it. It was so damn smart though, because it allowed Seth Rollins to come across like a mega baby face, because he just had to keep fighting and fighting and fighting. I mean, at one point he gave Finn Balor a one-arm pedigree. I was like, that's good selling. We also got this crazy bit when there was going to be a superplex off the top rope and somehow Finn Balor turned it into the most devastating move of all of sports entertainment. But when that didn't work, he transitioned straight into an arm bar. So once again, I was like, yes, you would do that. If someone's got a wounded limb, you bar the arm. And then shifted to slamming each other's heads into the ring apron, which is the hardest part of the ring. And after they had just punched each other in the face, they looked in each other's direction, just like, ha, 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 we can do this all day. I mean, that really lit me up. There was also an amazing Falcon Arrow counter into a DDT, but basically, eventually, Finn Balor was sat there. So Seth Rollins stomped him right in the face, which was horrible. He then hit the proper stomp. He got the one, two, three. I was celebrating, but here's what we need to do. Absolutely, Seth Rollins, given the new World Heavyweight Championship, but make sure we have a plan for Finn Balor. He's just so good. And as a heel, I think he's even better. This was top tier stuff. It also brought us to the end of Raw, and I actually enjoyed this episode. I mean, there were a few things where I was like, what the flub is going on? But I am going to give it an up. And Night of Champions, even though it is located in not the best place in the world, actually has a lot to it already. Could be super duper fun, 
We will find out. Now, of course, please do leave a comment below and let me know what you thought about last night's episode of Raw. Go to whatculture.com, read the ups and downs article. I don't write it. And click one of the videos on the screens. You can like the video, share the video, and subscribe as well. Also, come say hello on social media at WhatCultureWWE and Simon Miller 316 Go watch all the ups and downs. Please, do it for me. Your Uncle Simon should not have said that. will get me in trouble one day. See you soon. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.